Hello and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week, well, I don't know. We didn't say last week what we were going to watch this week. Well, uh, you can probably tell already by the title, but this week we are watching X-Men, specifically the cartoon that came out in 1992 on Fox Kids. It honestly messes with me that it's just called X-Men. <laughs> well, I feel like all superhero shows have to have like a subtitle. Uh, this was at a, right around the time that the comic series that was titled Just X-Men, Not Uncanny or anything, had just come out. Was it, so it was like a direct adaptation of the comic X-Men? No, it wasn't. Well. <laughs> um. So tell me about it. Why, why do you want to watch it this week? Well, because I've been reading a lot of X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Well, last year, so um, you started reading X-Men from the very beginning. The very first X-Men. The very first X-Men. And since then, <laughs> I've read some New Mutants and some X-Factor and some Excalibur. You read Uncanny X-Men? Yeah, although I really skipped through the early stuff. <laughs> I mostly was following along with this other podcast called Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So have you read the one that the show is based off of? Or not based off of, I guess, came out in tandem with? Uh, pretty much. I'm right at around that point right now. Oh, so you're reading it currently. Yeah, so it feels like uh, about the best time to do this. So... X-Men, the animated TV show, came out in 1992? Yeah. And it it only ran for a year? No, it ran for five years. Oh, fuck. Yeah. um, It has five seasons, and they covered a long, continuing storyline that introduced a lot of the most uh, important and... uh, uh, continuity heavy elements of the x-men comics um Mm -hmm. it it, while it was it sort of ran parallel to the current x-men comics it would adapt old storylines but it was uh it was still prominent x-men of the era i would say that it's sufficient enough to say that uh the this cartoon is enough that with enough watching of this you would be primed to like just jump into the continuity that was running at the time aha so it wasn't like based off of the comic books but it was supposed to help get people into them yeah definitely it it was just it was definitely it was a cartoon for the sake of being a cartoon, but it was also a cartoon for the sake of getting people to read excellent comics, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never a bad plan, I think. If nothing else, people are into the cartoon, which you can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who are very nostalgic um, for this cartoon, and it got a lot of people into X-Men, and it got a lot of people into Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know how many X-Men cartoons there are? 
how many X-Men cartoons there are? There are three. Three? Yeah. That's it? Well, motion comics don't count. I don't know what a motion comic is. A motion comic is an animated adaptation of a comic that just uses the, like, art from the comic panels, and they, like, they kind of, they barely move. Mm. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, so that's why I didn't <laughs> count them. Uh, there was well. this, there was this original X-Men cartoon. The only cartoon that I can remember coming before this was uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Um, that's a cute name. <laughs> I really like it. Have you never heard of it before? No. I was very into it as a kid. I don't know where I watched it. Was it on MTV? Because that was... Oh, jeez. Was that a 60s or a 70s cartoon? MTV, I think, is a weird place to watch cartoons. Uh, I think I was might on, be like, mixing TV up Land? several different childhood memories there. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, so uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. His amazing friends are uh, Firestar and Iceman. Okay. So So Iceman from X-Men. Yeah, Iceman, one of the X-Men was one of his amazing friends. And so the X-Men characters would cameo on the Spider-Man cartoon occasionally. Um, Cool. But but this cartoon... Were Were they in a similar art style? Uh, not exactly, because this cartoon is, like, more than a decade after that one. So, well, um, a later thing that I think is kind of similar is, um, remember, like, Jimmy to me Power Hour? No, I don't. It happened, oh. it was kind of, we were kind of old for it, but, um, Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner from the Fairly Odd Parents. Which are in very different styles, but whenever they showed up in each other's cartoons, sometimes they would be in the same style and sometimes they would be in their original style. Jeez, they did they did two crossovers of that. I forgot entirely yeah. what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, jeez. Where was I? Oh yeah, X-Men cartoons. So this... Iceman was Spider-Man friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then over a decade later, this one ran, and it was really what, like, kicked off um, Marvel animation um, and uh, Marvel cartoons uh, have been happening pretty much ever since, uh, including two other X-Men cartoons. Um, besides this one, which is uh, sort of the continuity, like, parallel of the time, um there was, after this, uh, X-Men Evolution, which is one where the X-Men and the Brotherhood of Mutants were, like, mainly composed of high school peers. Mm-hmm. With a few characters behaving as the sort of, like, out-of-class mutant adults. Uh, so, so it was more of a, the, the disenfranchised youth type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then after that, it's uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, which... I have not watched. Um, I hear that it's good, but I have some pretty major Wolverine fatigue. What? So, <laughs> a similar on a similar note, what kicked off the like Wolverine craze? Just Wolverine. Do you know? I don't know. He's just been popular since he first appeared. Just Wolverine existing. 
he's just i don't think anything specifically kicked off wolverine as a craze maybe hugh jackman did if you to mean like as the like modern craze but if you mean as like just the popular comic no, book character in general how popular he is just he's just been popular since the start pretty much because he was see sorry i was thinking about this the other day but like if that was my power, like my mutant power, my first instinct would not be I can stab people with this. Oh. No, well, legit. If I had like bones in my arms that like, you know, came out of my hands, I would be like, this sucks. What do I do with this? Well, originally that wasn't his mutant power. It was the knives. Knives? Oh, no. What I'm saying is that originally his wrist claws were just a gadget. They weren't originally part of his immune powers. When Dang. Was his powers just the, like, regeneration? Yeah, just his healing factor. Occasionally when their powers would get, like, knocked out, he would still be using his claws and he would even comment about it. But somewhere along the line, that uh, that fact got forgotten. Well, for modern Wolverine, then, that would not be my first instinct well, I think that's the reason why he's so popular. Maybe if that was my power, even if they came fully formed as knives instead of um, bones, the only the thing I would think to do with that is to be a chef and not like, I'm going to stab people with my cool mutant power. Yeah, Wolverine's whole shtick is that really grievous violence is done to him and he does really grievous violence to others. So that's why he's popular, usually in that order. It's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> what a terrible, awful thing. Well, yeah. Anyway, we haven't talked much about this particular cartoon. Yeah, so this cartoon is, um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect. Uh, some people would even say it's bad or... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one thing, there's one thing I remember about it. Yeah? Um, Jubilee is in it. Yeah, Jubilee is in it. And uh, she's in almost nothing else that airs on TV. Uh, that's true. Jubilee and Gambit were two of the much more recent X-Men uh, additions. At the uh, time. At the time. And Marvel <laughs> specifically requested that those newer characters be put on the team to push them. Cool. Yeah. Uh, cool for one not so cool for the other one i'm not a i'm not a fan of gambit he's kind of the sleaziest mutant in existence i don't know much about gambit you're about to find out about him <laughs> oh no I, while i think that this cartoon is pretty good if you keep in mind the fact that batman the animated series was running at the same time uh, mm -hmm. it kind of gets totally blown out of the water uh, you think uh, it's way worse when you take into account what else was being aired. By yeah, by comparison to what DC was doing, uh, this wasn't great. I think it's I think it's a pretty alright old cartoon. I think it's a good old cartoon. Uh, both series had to deal with the TV censors, uh, and while Batman did its best handling of that and getting around it, uh, you'll find that X Men not so much. Okay, well, we'll see about that after we watch three episodes, and we'll get back to you on our thoughts. Bon appétit!
And we're back. This one's for you, Morph! <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was the best line, right? <laughs> no, the best line was um, anything that Beast said. Oh. Uh, actually, I don't remember most of his lines. Yeah, I, just, I thought they were actually nonsense. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how she got her nom de guerre. <laughs> I remember that one because it was really stupid. <laughs> uh, so what would you think of the X-Men? It wasn't bad. Is this a good jumping on point? Yeah, I think I would definitely watch more of it. Not... Oh, well, I know. I said it too really soon. got to the point this time. <laughs> well, okay. So, I'm a really bad X Men fan, and I only really know about the movie X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was not like what I expected. What were some of the surprises? Well, you know that I, uh, Rogue basically was like a mystery to me. Because right. in the movie, Rogue has just got, uh, as you put it, death hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and in the comic books and in this show, which is more directly based off the comic books, the movies are apparently just wildly different. But um, mm-hmm. in the show, Rogue like steals people's power. And that includes non-X-Men people. And that's why she's so right. strunk, because anybody she takes, she takes, like, some of their power. Yeah, it's an important part of why she joined the X-Men in the first place, uh, is that, like, uh, she was a pretty angsty teen, uh, being raised by uh, Mystique and Destiny, and she got really, like, angsty and bitter and targeted uh, Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh and just sort of attacked her out of the blue and stole her powers. Yeah. Uh, but this eventually led to some serious mental problems for both Carol and for her. So she eventually had to turn to Professor Xavier for help. So is this stuff that is canon for the show or is that just comic book backstory? It should be canon to the show because the show... But I mean, uh, does the show ever go into it? I Yeah, I think it does. Okay. I'm like most almost a hundred percent certain that it does. Is Carol Danvers a mutant? No, she's not a mutant. She's just a superhero. Yeah. Okay. It's funny that Marvel has they're all technically in the same universe, but they're all different things. Yeah, there's a like there's the mutants and then there's the inhumans and yeah, then, then there are the the normal there's the artificially created ones like Captain America and Spider-Man. Yeah. There are just so many categories of hero. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think adds to, like, the diversity of, um, like, the kind of interactions that the characters in the universe can have. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's uh, just interesting to me. Anyway, X-Men. Yeah. What, what were some other things that might have surprised you? Hmm, some other things. Uh, Cyclops didn't surprise me. Cyclops is always an asshole forever. <laughs> Cyclops gets a pretty bad rap. <laughs> so one character that showed up, the first time he showed up, uh, Morph, I thought it was Mystique. And I was like, oh, is Mystique going to be on like the good guy side here? 
Uh, and you were like, no, that's morph. And I was like, oh, I hate morph. Yeah, but that was fine because he's he just died. there to die. He's just there to die and give the other X-Men, you know, like the angst and the like, oh, the government is killing mutants kind of important detail there. Yeah, and that's something we talked about when we watched um, Transformers. Mm-hmm. Is that like for some reason in cartoons where a character needs to be angsty, there needs to be an expendable character that dies very early in the season, right? Which also, um, not that it's a cartoon, but also happens in the one hundred. Although I'm not sure it makes Clark very angsty, but it makes the audience pretty angsty. It's because when you go into it planning for a character to be killed off, like, who really wants to, like, stick around for, like, half of a season or three-fourths of a season in that role? You kind of want to get in and out right away. Yeah, but, I mean, Morph was pretty pretty nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, Wolverine is like, Morph is my best friend, and I'm so mad that he's dead, and I'm gonna avenge him, and I'm angsty now. And I just feel like they had a lot of backstory in the comics to work with without having to kill a character to make Wolverine angsty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they wanted to just get right to it. <laughs> um, it was to it was to like really kick off the like operatic melodrama of being an X Men right like, away. Okay, so in the third episode. So the first two episodes are a two-parter, and the second two episodes are a two-parter, but we still only watched three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the third episode, um, Sabretooth is brought to, like, the X-Men headquarters because he's injured, and Wolverine's mm-hmm. like, I want to kill him. I hate this dude. And yeah. he said something like, he's dangerous and he doesn't belong here, and Storm comes in with, well, we thought that about you at one point. Yeah. And that was honestly enough of a line to just make him an angsty character. <laughs> I just, like, again, Morph morph existing and Morph's death were completely unnecessary. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> the show was very 90s. Oh my god, okay. Um, so all of their designs are incredibly 90s, but they're also very comic book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that I... It, it was very early in the first episode when we first see Jubilee. Because mm-hmm. she's, like, the first one that shows up. Uh, and, like, at first I thought her outfit was, like, her your hero outfit. <laughs> nope, that's just what she wears. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this introduction uh, to the X-Men is uh, a bit different than how Jubilee joined the X-Men in the comics. Yeah? How so? Well, at the time, the X-Men were pretending to be dead, and they were secretly based in Australia and teleporting around the world to secretly help mutants instead of publicly. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing it secretly at the beginning of this show. Yeah, They're just they not are. teleporting around. Right. Uh, and uh, Jubilee also ran into, bumped into the Lady X-Men at the mall in that one only in that one they were just the ladies were just having like a lady x-men day out Mm -hmm. uh and she just sort of followed them back through the portal because she noticed that they were mutants and that she was a mutant Mm -hmm. um so she kind of like she kind of like awkwardly ends up like hiding out in their base and hiding from them never really uh 
getting up the guts to, like, confront them. <laughs> Oops. Uh, until it's too late and the X-Men are all dead. Oh, well then. That was just one of the many times that they died, though. But it's okay. They didn't really die because they went through a, a magical artifact that t- rebirthed them into new identities across the globe. Except for Wolverine, who got uh, captured and tortured by a bunch of cyborgs that you may or it's may not fine, have seen. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Right. So Wolverine was captured and no, tortured and Jubilee... Babe. I'm at the end of the thing. <laughs> okay. So Wolverine was captured and tortured and Jubilee helped him escape and became... They uh, developed their sidekick mentor relationship. Okay. Anyway, none of that was relevant <laughs> to the show. Ah, oh, jeez. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it was a bit weirder in the comics, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but the... So the first two-parter in the show serves to introduce Jubilee and the Watcher to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uses the Sentinels as it's, like, a baddie for the first two episodes. Yeah, which, which is nice, because usually the introductory threat is Magneto. Yeah, which you may recognize from Days of Future Past, and, like, Trask is in there and everything. But it's just another thing that's weird from watching the movies and going back to mm-hmm. this, is that, like, that was a huge thing and a big plot point in the movie universe, and this was, like, over and done in two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't even fucking um... worry about it. Well, the Sentinels, like, come and go. But they're um, not, like... They're not that I've, annoying. Uh, they're important enough to be, like, the introductory threat and, like, one of the major through lines of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just the fact that humans are creating robots for the explicit purpose of getting rid of mutants. Yeah. Um, is a pretty... I think that this show does one of the, by doing Sentinels first, pretty effectively sets up the whole world that hates and fears mutants bit. Yeah. Um, So Magneto appears for the first time in episode three. Um, Mm -hmm. And because they wanted his name to sound like Magnets, they named him Magnus. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that, because that's not the usual Magneto name I'm used to. No, I... I, I know that his movie name and his comic book name are the same, and that is Eric. But it's fine, I guess. But um, he shows up, and he tries to... He shows up as kind of a good guy, because he tries to break Beast out of prison. And Beast is like, no, I'm going to have a trial. And Magneto's like, oh, you really think it's going to be fair, huh? Okay. Uh, and then he immediately reveals himself to be a villain, because he goes, uh, I'm going to crush all these humans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a little into the mean superiority thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh yeah, and another um, very 90s kid show thing is the, like, four kids version of violence, which is, like, they're not guns, they're laser guns. And the lasers aren't, like, Star Wars lasers where they, like, explode on you. They just kind of push you backwards. Right. <laughs> uh what I said earlier about the whole standards and practices, uh, Batman the Animated Series, this ain't. A Batman um, is kind of like a good for like 
kid show violence though because batman doesn't kill people mm-hmm. he just beats them up and it's like yay fun cartoon fight and then like he leaves them alone <laughs> he doesn't right, like, but take a sword to anybody yeah but they never have to like dance around the good guys or the more importantly the bad guys using violence in any like clumsy way yeah um in batman but in this it's very much like this is like a war almost Mm -hmm. but nobody's using weapons (laughs) nobody's using an effective weapon (laughs) so i understand what you mean about the um the kind of like way they deal with the censorship is not really effective. Right. Um, but yeah, like uh, Charles exposited Magneto's backstory, like pretty much right away and how. Um... Yeah. Okay. Another thing I think in the movies, professor X was always very like angsty about Magneto and wouldn't like immediately talk about him. If someone asked, <laughs> for the drama yeah, they're like oh who's magneto wow he's really powerful professor x would be like yup he's a really powerful dude and then this he's like oh yeah we were best friends and then he was an asshole so i left mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still going to be angsting about magneto for the whole series but um but he's not like he's, he's not secretly angsting yeah he, he's not being a jerk yet i don't think well <laughs> Well, were there any uh, uh, particular instances of Charles Xavier as a jerk in these first three episodes? Well, there was the one thing where Wolverine raised a fair point. Um, Wolverine didn't want uh, his enemy, Sabretooth, being in the X-Men HQ, like I said earlier. And then, like, Magneto's attacking somebody and Xavier is like, Wolverine, go help them, like, deal with Magneto. And he's like, okay, cool. We can, you know, we can attack your enemy, but not mine. That's fine. Whatever. Right. That is, you're definitely true. That's a good example of Charles Xavier being uh, a paternalistic ass <laughs> and treating all of the uh, adults under his care as children. Yeah, another another way that that kind of comes out is that he does call it like a school for gifted, for the gifted. And it's not like a school, it's like a home for adults. <laughs> yeah. The only school age but... ch- person is Jubilee. Yeah, but this story does follow the comics continuity pretty closely and he did originally start this out with just a couple of kids yeah but they're all adults here yeah they're all adults here and now (laughs) the x-men have kind of uh, outgrown the school thing at this point yeah i think now they just need to be like an organization (laughs) uh like a a secret militia well i mean they kind of are that yeah that's why xavier is a jerk i'm a pacifist except for my secret militia that i send out on missions (laughs) magneto had some fair points (laughs) anyway when jubilee first shows up she goes to an arcade oh and and uh it's something that has like a tumbler Oh, where yeah. she blows up. She gives out a one-liner that's really good on Tumblr. Yeah, um, she blows up an arcade cabinet, and the owner goes, "Do you know how much that game cost?" And she goes, "Yeah, a quarter." But right before yeah, and of that, course... you're like, "Uh, 
this scene is so 90s and i was like what jubilee crying and playing video games and you were like no she's ahead of her time <laughs> i don't see what's so 90s about it that. was a very good line thank you thank you <laughs> did you just call me out to compliment yes. me well thank you thank you <laughs> anyway what were you gonna say um now that we're done patting ourselves on the back, I, I think I, I, I don't remember. I was just going to like bring up that before she said her one liner that she put her sunglasses down. Yeah. Her like crazy hot pink sunglasses. Oh God. And there was something that some, Oh yeah. Um, Cyclops. Uh, he's like, sees a sentinel and the sentinel is like, basically like, Oh, let me, let me take you to jail or whatever. And Cyclops goes, Okay not and blast him with his eye beams and i'm like oh my god <laughs> oh that is extremely 90s oh they god. even do that in the first episode of the power rangers <laughs> yeah a not joke is a uh, very very 90s it's i think it's peak 90s yeah it's very 20 years ago something that's not actually like thoughtful and funny but is just like it is a retort I'm sure you sure did say something something kind of childish and weird <laughs> the 90s it, they were childish and weird <laughs> that's what makes the 90s so great yeah this was uh you mentioned it being kind of like a dystopian police state and uh, at first I was like, huh, well, really? But like, no, you're right. The The president was like, oh, yes, we have these robot policemen. And like, they were literally just fucking abducting people and like uh, feigning to be like a pro-mutant group while actually like planning to eliminate them all. Yeah. And it's just extremely insidious. <laughs> um, the X-Men have always been like stand-ins for the oppressed and the disenfranchised and uh i'm wondering how you okay of a job that you think they did well um <laughs> are you asking me because you have no experience well i mean i am a white dude <laughs> so like by process of elimination, I feel like it's, I should defer to, to at least you for starters. Um, I think that basically I have the same opinion that I have always had. Can you elaborate what that is for the listeners? I have the same opinion that I've always had uh, in that I agree with Magneto. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay no so like beast is in jail and he's like i'm gonna make them see my point of view in in the courtroom and Mangita's like you're fucking stupid they're not gonna listen to you because you're a mutant and of course they don't like especially mm -hmm. he's not even like a humanoid mutant he's a mutant that is a big blue fuzzy monster which has got to be like the worst kind of like for was he for social issues it's got to be like any like the further you get from looking human the worse it's got to be for you someone threw tomatoes at him did that get in his fur or did he bother to wear a shirt to court <laughs> wow no he was wearing clothes he was wearing like a, a prisoner's okay I, I honestly can't remember because he goes around shirtless 99 percent of the time well yes 
But no, he was wearing like a, a prisoner's jumpsuit. I guess with all that hair, it might be suffocating to put on a top. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it's hard to tell if this is uh, on purpose or if it's just the way that people drew comics in the 90s. But it looks like every time he wears clothes that he's going to hulk out of them. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's clothes are weirdly tight. They have shadows in the middle of their boobs. Yeah, it's bad. But um, um it's just like uh, Professor X is always and like we can make peace with the humans and we're going to like we're going to be good so that the humans can see how good we can be. And I'm always like right. mm, no. You being good is not going to make them be good. It doesn't work that way. So Xavier's way doesn't work out, and Magneto's seems alright until he escalates to nukes. Yeah, Magneto's way doesn't work either, but... Everything he says seems right until he escalates to nukes. Magneto's ideals are good, and then he tries to set off a nuclear warhead, and then it's not so great. Yeah. Um... So is that just like, I mean... That's just me. I don't know how well they do. I I mean, they did pretty decently with the court scenes, showing how, like, uh, I guess mutants as being minorities, how they're oppressed by, like, there's a show of equality where the, you know, the judge is like, oh, we're going to let you talk because we don't want people to think we're unfair. (laughs) But, like, he's obviously not paying attention because it shows him, like, tapping on his desk like ugh, can you hurry up yeah like it's transparent enough to be a kid's show but like uh just mature enough that like as adults we get what it's trying to say yeah they they do a decent job at showing the kind of like the more implicit side of um oppression rather than just like explicit things not that this is an especially nuanced television show it's not but I guess it's just that one scene that really does that job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what you got any like favorite or least favorite characters so far? Um, I think so far I like Rogue the best, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, when you first saw her, you really didn't like I her. I don't appearance. like the way she looks, and I don't like the way she talks. <laughs> oh jeez! But she's really cool and nice. What is it? Just the hair or the, the outfit? The hair is bad. Um, the accent is bad. Because <laughs> honestly, I feel like she's the one who has like the best X-Men uniform. She, I, She's not as bad as pretty much any of the other costumes. Especially Gambit. But her hair is just like atrocious. <laughs> it's simply atrocious. Mm-hmm. It's it's 90s and also comic book in the worst way that you can combine those two things. All right, fair enough. Um, in particular, uh, what did you think of Storm and Jean? Jean wasn't really in the first three episodes. Yeah, she was barely in the first one. There, I mean, she... So Wolverine and Cyclops are fighting in the end of episode one? Yes. And she, everything Mm -hmm. happens pretty fast in this show. Not like fast, like breakneck speed, but like just a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. So I always think things are have happened in a later episode than they have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
we we actually talked about this uh like a week or two ago but um comic books you know 20 years ago used to be very much this thing happens and then this thing happens and then this thing happens while comic books right. now are more like this thing is happening and like this is now what it we're means. resetting not like universes resetting but like comic books are just a lot more slowly paced now right but i i I don't mean like the universe resets or the character resets but like the like status quo will like occasionally reset to a new starting point a lot more frequently whereas with like the old comics uh and i'm like intimately familiar with how (laughs) this goes from like the last year of just reading a shit ton of of x-men comics Especially when Claremont comes onto the scene, the stories just go and go and go with no real stopping or starting points yeah. until the 90s. There's there's a uh, just like implied fast pace there, even though it doesn't feel like there's a lot of information coming at you. It's just like scene after scene after scene without any like yeah. ruminating on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only time Jean really has any more than like a word to say in the first three episodes is Wolverine and Cyclops are fighting um, because they left Morph and Beast behind. Morph, my best friend. <laughs> um, and This is for you, Morph. Yeah, and Jean comes up and she like she's like, hey, it's not Cyclops's fault. And then Wolverine runs away and she's like, it's not your fault either. And she starts crying and I'm like, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, I only remember when she was using Cerebro. I completely forgot that they had to get the love triangle yeah, in there. They, in the, like... It's just like, oh, cool. We're going to immediately apply that a love triangle is going to happen, like, in all of the comics. In, like, her, like, one scene so far in the show. Um, I really like um, all of the characters except Gambit. I, um, so I I haven't seen a whole lot of Gambit either, so I'm not quite sure why you hate him. I hate his voice act. See, I think my biggest problem with this show is the voice acting. <laughs> because of, like, the weird accents. All of them have, like, a weird forced accent that they do. And I guarantee that mm-hmm. the director made them do this. so Because he's like, oh, I want it to show that they're all from different areas or whatever. This is funny, because in my research before we started, uh, I read about how apparently casting the voice actors for this show was really hard and they turned away a shit ton of people because they felt like none of them were quite the right well, fit. <laughs> I mean I did say I hated Rogue's voice but I think probably hers is the one I hate the least when it comes to whoever's doing a weird accent. Jubilee just talks normally. Mm-hmm. Um but like Gambit's voice is just like so I don't know what he's doing. Like it's very <laughs> vague what he's supposed to be doing in my opinion. Yeah, uh, apparently Gambit's accent was another like important sticking point. Um with some people wanted it to be much heavier and some people wanted it to barely be there at all. So they they stuck with a vague middle um yeah what he seems to be doing it to me it feels like uh a, a, like a literal reading of how chris claremont would write out his accent mm-hmm. which is supposed to be a cajun accent but but he says it, it comes in across his, like, american accent he mostly just occasionally 
it says death thing dare uh, <laughs> and and call oh, women yeah, petites. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so okay, so why do you hate Gambit so much? Because that's all I really know about him is that I hate his voice. I hate Gambit because the there are zero facets to his personality besides him being horny and really liking women. Yeah, so that's like the very first time he shows up, you get that because it's him like flirting with a lady at the mall or whatever. Uh, oh, I like solitaire except when I have someone to play with. Play with, yeah. <laughs> so, aka, you masturbate all the time and except, except for when for, you can get a girl. Except for when you can find a girl that will. <laughs> Seriously, what was that like? I'm sorry, he just, he really feels like a, like a really, like, shitty pickup artist, and uh, I just, from both the comics and the animation, I don't like him. Um, he, he, that's just literally all there is to him, as far as I've seen. Uh, it might just have to do with how he's a more recent character, but, like, Jubilee, like, she impressed me right away, and I've so far loved every issue that she's in. Um... Yeah, I I uh, like Jubilee. I think she slots yeah. in pretty well with the cast. Yeah. Um, I said earlier I like all the characters, and um, I may just be, like, cherry-picking my, like, favorite memories of, like, their most nuanced moments in the comics, mm-hmm. because, like, so far, uh, so far, none of the characters have, like, really demonstrated the reasons why I like them. Yeah, I mean... So you've, have you seen this show? Um, not really, no. No? I was gonna ask if you, I mean, I assume that they go into their backstories, each of them at some point. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware of what happens in this show, but, um, I know only, like, secondhand accounts, and, uh, I've watched The Night of the Sentinels, the opening two-parter, uh, a couple of times before, but I've never really properly gotten into the show. Okay. Um, but but now that I'm at in the comics uh at around the point when this was coming out, I'm more feel interested. Super Yeah, I'm I'm suddenly interested in actually watching all of it. So, then we've both kind of given up the ghost and would you watch more of this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um but the thing is that I've tried to watch this beforehand without any like additional incentive of like already being into the comics mm-hmm. and I've never really gone into it. So I think that um without my extenuating circumstances my answer would actually have to be no. I don't think that this is a a, a very appealing first three episodes. Mm. Well, I I thought it was interesting. Uh it's funny that you mention um Batman the animated series. Because I can see myself watching it like I watch Batman, which is when I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> which I guess isn't a great commendation. However, it's not like, oh, I'm never going to watch this. It's more like, I want to watch this when I'm, I don't have to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like a pretty, like, uh, <laughs> that feels like a, um, what's the word, uh, kind of take on like comics where it's like, oh, I'll just... I will just enjoy this disposable media in an unfocused manner. Yeah, it's more like I don't want to focus on watching this. I want it to be played at me while I choose whether or not to pay attention. Yeah, I'll relax and let the melodrama wash over me. Which is like, you know, it's, it's the same reason anybody falls asleep to TV. 
It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to actually watch this. I just want it to be played at me so I have something to listen to that'll lull me to sleep. <laughs> Whoops. Which, again, uh, I, I, that doesn't mean it's bad and that I don't like it. Like, I think I would still, like, watch it and enjoy seeing where it goes. And I, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like a barrier not knowing the comics. However, I do have you to explain every intricacy of the comics <laughs> to me. So maybe... Yeah, I, I thought that my explanation earlier was going to take a lot less time than it did. Yeah. Yeah, about Jubilee and such. <laughs> but it really dragged on, didn't it? <laughs> it? No, it was fine. I just didn't expect it to be so much. <laughs> X-Men is fucking wild. <laughs> um... But yeah, I so I don't know if I actually, if this is actually like a good way to jump on for somebody who doesn't know the comics, or if you have tainted me with all of your recollection of the comics. Oh, I don't think I've blabbed to you that much about it, frankly. Uh, and I, I think that, I mean, considering that you already have the general X-Men knowledge from watching the movies... Uh, you could easily jump right into this show. And I think that you've like, from how we were talking and from how uh, both like during and after watching the show, I think that you would have an easy time going through it without having any hiccups. Yeah. Um, So again, I would watch more, but how would you rate it? (sighs) Well, there's the kicker, isn't it? This one is tough. Yeah, this one is especially tough. So, uh, let's go ahead and rule out savory and bitter, because it's not really good and it's not really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm thinking it's not spicy, so... So, it's got to be sweet or sour. I don't want to give it the sour rating. I don't want to give it the sour rating either, but I'm not 100% sure that sweet applies. You You really think so? I don't know. I mean, it is technically a kid's show, which is kind of what I reserve the sweet rating for. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just seems like... It seems like one of those kids' shows that is mostly appealing to kids because it is bright. Like, I think as Uh, far as people paying attention to the plot, it's not a kid's show. No, I think that uh, the teenagers were paying attention. Okay, Teenagers are a different story. When I when I think kids, I think like twelve and under. Yeah, and I mean I agree with that, but I think that um, the like the thirteen to eighteen target demographic is still pretty important, but equally as like fitting into the like sweet designation. Yeah, that's fair, and and. Uh... As I pointed out a little bit, Jubilee is supposed to be, I, I'm going to call it a, Relatable? Uh, no, I'm going to call it a watcher surrogate. That's going to be my term for uh-huh. it now on. Because <laughs> I bring it up so often. Uh, a viewer surrogate. A viewer surrogate. Uh, might, that might roll off the tongue a bit that's, better. I'm not sure if that's an official term or not. I don't know if it is either, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, Because she... She doesn't even, like, really know what a mutant is um, when she's, like, kind of discovering her powers at the, like, very beginning of the first episode. 
Um, and so mm-hmm. she gets like introduced to everything as, as the same time that the viewer is getting introduced to everything. And she's also the same age as the target demographic, yeah. which is high school ish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's vague. She says, God, she uses a lot of like teen slang that doesn't make sense. Oh, does a mall babe eat chili does, fries? Like, Jubilee, what does that mean? I guess it, I guess they definitely do does that. Does a ball, but do they? Does a mall babe eat chili fries? Does Jubilee consider herself a mall babe, or does she spend a lot of time scoping out the See, mall babes? I'm hoping it's the second one. But, like, hmm. I feel like a mall babe wouldn't eat chili fries because they're too, like, messy, right? Or um, are mall babes more like tomboys? What's a mall well, babe? Well, a mall babe, <laughs> you reach the rank of mall babe when you're especially high level, and by then, you're particularly <laughs> skilled at eating the chili fries without making a mess. Anyway, we've gone on very long. Yeah, so I think it's time to wrap up. <laughs> All right, um... So, definitively, this show is sweet. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in for our first 2018 episode. Wow, we made it to 2018. Yay! Yay! We're going to make it through 2018. We're not just going to make it Uh, through. We're going to fucking bust a hole through this fucking year. Yeah, I think our longevity so far really speaks to how appealing it is to do this concept. Yeah, mostly. We just like talking about shit. (laughs) It's worth it all. You know, but for everyone that listens, uh, thank you. If you ever want to get in contact with us, you can find us at tvdpodcast at gmail.com or tvdpodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on Twitter. Definitely uh, hit us up on Facebook. Um, we're around um but oh yeah i have to say what we're gonna watch next time oh yeah and it's your choice right Mm -hmm. you're gonna hate it oh god damn it (laughs) so next time for our next episode that will be airing on january 23rd we will be watching the new netflix original show big mouth God damn it! <laughs> Until then, uh, have a great uh, beginning of 2018. We'll see you next time. Bye. Uh, bye. You know, currently Jubilee is a vampire with a baby. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>